So let's go ahead and open to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, if you would, please. Psalm 1. We, uh, we started last week in a short and new series called Your Word in My Heart. Your Word in My Heart. We've, we've hidden God's Word in our heart that we might not sin against Him, right? And that's, that's Scripture. We want to hide His Word in our heart this year. So as we talk about hiding His Word in our heart, as we, as we memorize Scripture, as we meditate on Scripture, that is where, uh, that's where our theme comes from. And that's, that's the desire to be encouraged uh, by, by God's Word in order to remain in God's Word and, and to, to hide God's Word in our heart. So we're looking at that today. Last week uh, was uh, the, the title, Don't Be Afraid. Uh, we saw God's Word and God's presence would give us strength and the courage that we need to live faithfully uh, because He is trustworthy. And there was a key note that I said last week uh, in last week's sermon. This is, this is like the sum up of the sermon from last week. Uh, the key note was this, our strength and courage come from meditating on God's Word from believing its promises and from obeying what it says. Uh, God's Word is so important and so valuable to us, and, and we ought to go to it, we ought to uh, memorize it or meditate on it, we ought to believe it, and we ought to obey what it says. Today, uh, we look at Psalm 1. So last week we were in Joshua, and today we're in Psalm 1, and, uh, and we find the encouragement from this psalm uh, to, to get into God's Word so that we wouldn't walk with the wicked. We wouldn't walk with the wicked. I think it's important. Uh, that's the sermon title today, Don't Walk with the Wicked. Uh, it's important for us to look to this uh, passage today because uh, basically what God would say, if, if you, this, is, this is difficult for us to swallow sometimes, right? But if we were to, to say, God, who are your enemies? He would say, anybody that's not a believer in me. Anybody, right? That's, that is our neighbors. That's some of our family. That's our friends. That's our coworkers. That's people we go to school with. That, that is the rest of the world. That's anybody we meet that does not have and believe in Christ, doesn't have faith in Christ or believe in Christ. They are not known by Him. Even if they're good people, they're all the wicked. And that's what we'll talk about today. And we, we don't like to say that because we, we feel like they're pretty nice people. right? But, but it, it's one thing to be nice, but it's another thing to have life that's only found in Jesus Christ. If you don't have life found in Christ, you have death because of our own sin. And that's, that's that, you know, people say it's a hellfire and brimstone way to talk, but that's Scripture. That's what the Bible talks about. And, and, and the Bible didn't, also says that, that Christ didn't come to condemn the world. We're already condemned in our sin, but he came to save the world through him, that he offered himself as a rescue for sinners. He offered himself as the, as the way, the truth, and the life, the life, that we could have life through faith in Christ. But when we walk out into the, into the world, uh, we're, we're bombarded with the world. We're bombarded with our media, Right? We're bombarded with, with thoughts and preferences of our friends or family members. We're bombarded every, with our magazines, with our magazine stands, right? with social media, with all of the things that we are bombarded with. And, and frankly, all of those things we spend way more time with than the Word of God. Right? I'm convicted by that. I spend way more time watching TV than I do reading my Bible. And my TV isn't always, or, or seldom is my TV, giving me the truth. So what, what are we being fed by? We need to be careful. So the idea of not walking with the wicked is understanding that there is, there is someone we should walk with. And we have to be careful as we, we head out into the world of where we walk and how we walk and, and what informs us as we walk. Okay, so today we're looking at not walking with the wicked. Uh, I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to get into our text in Psalm 1. I do want to put a disclaimer out there as we were uh, getting different translations for you um, on, on this card and looking up what would be the, maybe the best one to use. Um, my Bible Gateway... Uh, defaulted and stayed on New International Version, the NIV, uh, which is a, a version I've used for many years. I love the NIV uh, as long as it's a 1984 edition and not today's New International Version. 
but the NIV is a, is a good solid version. But because it stayed there, all of the text that I have today is out of the NIV and not out of the CSB. They're very, very close. So if you're trying to follow along and, and you, you say, Brandon, you told me that you, you preach out of the CSB. I do normally. I just didn't have time to go back and try to change everything about 820 today when I realized it. So, all right. So we'll be in the NIV. It's very close, so you can follow along. Let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get into our text. Father, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy, for your love for us. God, as we come together today, we come together as, as people who are delighted by Christ, who have been found in Christ, who have been known by Christ through faith and repentance. We thank you for that. God, as we look to your word today, we ask that you would open our hearts and our minds. And God, we would be encouraged and convicted from it. God, our desire would be to be more like Jesus to the world around us. But God, that you would increase also our delight and our satisfaction in him. God, that, that our, our obedience, that our, our reading of the word, our going to the word would not be some legalistic rule, but God, it would be because we find you and your word as a treasure more delightful than anything else in this world. Increase our joy, increase our obedience towards you. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. So we are in Psalm 1. I will read out of the CSB uh, initially, and then we'll go in to our text. Psalm 1. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, he, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. So as we look at this today, I, I, I just want to note two words uh, right off the bat. The first word and the last word of this psalm. There's a contrast that we're seeing here, and, and we don't take that contrast as seriously as we should. It says how happy, right? Or happy or blessed is the one, is the, the first word. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked. At the very end, it says uh, the way of the wicked leads to what? Destruction or ruin, right, is what we see there. And so we see that there is life or happiness and blessedness and fullness that's found in, in Christ and faithfulness to him. But if there's not Christ and if there's not faithfulness to him, we find the wicked are found in ruin or destruction, right? There is life or there is death. And, and we don't often think of it that way. We don't think that, well, if I go to my, the word of God, there's life or death there. There is, right? And, and, and part of it is, is just the, the mortal part of life Right? How we live our lives, how, how we find truth, and how we live by those truths, and, and how those truths affect the outcome of our life, right? Day in and day out, like the actual day in and day out consequences of living. Like if you would go to the Word of God and you'd obey the Word of God, your life would go well, you'd make wiser decisions, better decisions, you would, you would be happy because of that, right? That, those, are, those are good truths to live by. But there's also eternal consequences here as well. Have we gone to God and, and have found the power of his word, right? We talked about that last, I think it was last week. Not one word of, of God's would be void of power, right? Nothing is impossible with God is that text. That, that his, his word has power, and that power is to, to lead us into a knowledge of him, a knowledge of our sin, and it leads us to a repentance and a, faithfulness, a faith and a faithfulness in Christ. And that faith that we exert and, and have in Christ, what gives us life, eternal life, 
not just life here and, and joy here and hope here, but real life. And, and that, that life doesn't promise us great things on earth. It promises us suffering and sorrow, but what it promises is, is hope and joy. So on one hand, there's a very physical, real, if I would abide in the scriptures, if I l- listen to what he says, my life would go fairly well. I wouldn't have all of the, the anxiety and all of the, the hardships that a lot of people face because of their, their choices. I would make wise choices. On the other hand, there is a, a realness to the life that we have in Christ that is eternal because of our faith in him. So that, it's a both and, but I wanted to draw attention to both of those. So Today, as we look at this, uh, not walking with the wicked. Don't walk with the wicked. Number one, instead then, be delighted and directed by the Word of God. Be directed and delighted by the Word of God. So we don't walk with the wicked. Instead, we be directed and delighted by the Word of God. Let's look at verses 1 and 2 together of our psalm. Blessed, how happy, right, is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. There's an interesting uh, progression here. And when we first started Summer in the Psalms, I don't know, three, four years ago with Psalm 1, I, I talked about this. But, but I want you to look at three words here in this psalm. Verse 1, who does not walk, right? You could circle walk or underline walk. And then the, the next line says, or stand. You could underline stand. And then the next line says, and sit in the company of mockers. This is a progression we need to understand because oftentimes walking into the world, um, we, we kind of, it's a slow fade towards wickedness. It's a slow fade toward, towards, towards what culture would say is acceptable. It's a slow fade for us. We, we kind of find ourselves somewhere like, well, how did we get here? Why? Because of this. Th- think about this progression. Typically, we, we may see something or, or see someone, and, and it, it piques our interest. So what do we do? Right? We walk. We walk towards that. And, and we walk a little closer because I want to I get a little more familiar. Remember this? And then what does it say? Then you what? You stand. Like, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to check this out for a while. This is kind of nice. This kind of makes me feel good. Maybe I like this. This brings me pleasure right? or, or wealth or whatever it might be. It's not necessarily where you should be. But you walked there and now you're standing there. And then when you get super comfortable there, what do you do? It's like, I'm just going to take it easy. I'm just going to sit right here. i sit right here and enjoy this. And you find yourself sitting there, rooted, planted, in a place that you never, you never meant to be, that you would have never gone otherwise. You find yourself sitting there. And that's the progression we see that we need to be careful of. We, we tend to walk, and then we, then we what? We stand, stand there, and then eventually we, we sit there. And that, that should be true also of, of God, right? We walk towards Him, and we find ourselves there, and stand around Him, and in Him, and around His Word, and with His people. And eventually we plant ourselves there, sit ourselves there. I think what you should do is work backwards in that. You know, I should think about, where, where am I sitting? Ask that question of yourself. Where am I sitting right now? Not, not in a pew in a church, right? But maybe that's part of it. But where are you sitting? Who are you sitting with? What are their activities? What does sitting there cause you to do? Those are things that we should look at. And is it, is it how Christ would want you to live? Or is it how the world would say they want you to live? We walk, and then we stand, and then we sit. The psalmist says, Happy is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, 
or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. And there's a transition here in verse 2. But who's, so happy is the one who doesn't do that, but instead, what do they do? Whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and, and who meditates on His law day and night. It's such an important thing for us to do, to meditate on God's Word, to stay in God's Word, to be delighted by God's Word. So on one hand, we need to be directed towards the ways of God and away from the ways of the world so we don't stand, sit, and then or stand, uh, walk, stand, and sit there. But we need to then be directed by God's Word so we would walk, stand, and sit there and be planted there. The world wants us to be like them. The problem is the world are called enemies of God. James 4 says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Right? Hostility against God. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. There, there's not a ton of gray area here. Right? We're either a friend of God or we're an enemy of God. Right? I talk about this with people entering relationships and dating. Like, well, they're not a Christian, but they, they believe in God. I, okay, I get it. But the word says that that person is an enemy of God. And then they come to that place, well, I'm going to get married to them, or we're going to live together, I'll get married to them. And it, that's, they're an enemy of God. Your spouse is going to be an enemy of God? That's, that's not where we should go. We, we don't think in those terms, though, do we? Anyone that's a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. We need to be careful where we walk. Be careful where we stand. Be careful where we sit. In John, he exhorts us in 1 John, do not love the world or, or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world... The love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. See, the world changes us, right? It, it, it gets to us. He says the, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Okay, this, this is two words that we saw in Psalm 1 as well, right? Blessed or happy or life and then ruin or destruction. The same is true here. The, that we see this, that the world and its desires pass away. They will be gone. But whoever is in the will of God lives forever. There's life and there's ruin. There's passing away and there's, there's, there's life, right? There's life and death are here. So how do we escape it? How do we escape ruin and destruction? How do we escape being an enemy of God? Jesus says this, my prayer in John 17, he's praying to the Father, he says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. And here was the solution. Here's what Jesus prayed to the Father that would happen for you and I. He said to the Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. That you and I would be sanctified, set apart, secured, shielded by the word of god that's how we do it and, and we see that in psalm right it's we don't want to walk and stand and sit with the wicked instead we want to delight in the lord's decrees and, and law and how, do, how are we sanctified by the truth and we, jesus says the word is truth proverbs says this the path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter until the full light of day but the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Even as I read that right now, I almost read it too fast. We're like, oh, we just kind of cruise over that. Do you see what that said? The path of the righteous is like the morning sun. Brilliant, bright, shining, even brighter until the full of day. 
right? The path, that's the path of the righteous. It, there's light there. There's life there. There's clarity of purpose. There's not confusion in that. The opposite is true, though, on the other side, right? The, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. I, I don't know about you. I don't want to be in that position where I, I stumbled somewhere. I'm like, what made me stumble? Well, the absence of light, the absence of truth made you stumble. Do we see, do we see that, that importance? And when we think about this in, in the world around us, sometimes I get so frustrated. I'm watching the news. That's how it does it, right? You watch the news. But you watch the news or you watch some political thing going on and you're, you're like, you're so frustrated. Because, and and I, there are oftentimes I'll turn to Mathia or turn to someone I'm hearing this with and I'm like, do they hear themselves talking? Like, like do they understand? I don't understand how they can even say that or believe that. And these are people who honestly don't love Jesus and could care less about God's law. They're, they're more about themselves and promoting themselves and their own policies. And, and they don't know they even stumble. They're in darkness and confusion. And so here's the encouragement for me. I, although I, I don't like that. I don't like that they are people making policy. They don't have a clue what they're doing. They're not in the light. They're not living by the word of God. That's not what guides them. What guides them is whatever is in darkness. Whatever is in darkness, and it's opposite of what is of God and of light. So there's two more words we have there, right? The, the blessing or blessed and the ruin or the life and, and death. What do we have here? Light and darkness. And I don't want my life, I don't want your life to look like that. That we, we stumble, we, we didn't even know what made us stumble. Like we were in darkness. We didn't have the word of God in our heart. We weren't meditating. We didn't delight in it. We didn't, we didn't use it for the benefit of our, of our person and for our family and for our community. We just lived in darkness instead and, and kind of did whatever felt right. And from the outside looking in, that kind of life is what is talked about here. It looks like deep darkness, and they don't know what makes them stumble. They're living in darkness, confused all the more. 1 John 2. He writes, as, as for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning, right? This, the word of God, what you have heard preached apostolically from the apostles and through the word of God and by the spirit of God, uh, it remains in you. See to it that those things remain in you. This is talking about the truth of God's word remaining in us. See to it that it remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. See, there's, there's more to this than just get in your Bible. And we need to understand that as well. Because we can have a sermon series of, oh, pump you up, let's read the Bible more. This is going to be exciting, right? We're going to make a, make a pact to do this this year. Like we did last year, we read through the Bible. It's not just about that. See, staying connected to Jesus is our key. We want, we want to be close to Jesus. But what this would say in 1 John, see to it that you, have, you remain in what you have heard from the beginning, that you remain here, remain planted in the Word of God. Because if you do, you're going to remain in the, in the Son and in the Father. Here's what the point is of that. The way we treat the Bible, the way we look at the Bible, the way we treat the Bible is the way we treat Christ himself. The Bible is his word to us. So on, on one hand, we say, oh, I love Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I'm a Jesus follower. I'm just going to love everybody. That's awesome. But if we don't go to the word of God and live by the word of God, we really aren't treating Jesus as we should, are we? We're treating him maybe as a spiritual guru or some moral teacher. But there's more to it than that. And we're going to see that in a few minutes as well. 
This is, a, this is a Jesus and the Word of God thing, not just how much time am I spending in the Bible. If I delight in Jesus, I should delight in His Word as well. So there's, there, that's the point here, right? There's di- being directed by God's Word is important for us. Like not walking in some other way, but being directed by His Word. But there should be a delight that comes from it as well. If He is our treasure, and if He is our delight, then the Word should be also. I'm going to read some, some scriptures to you, some passages real quick to you. Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Listen, the word of God is more delightful than food. Psalm 119, 148. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. The word of God is more delightful than what? Sleep. Sleep. My eyes stay open through the watches of night. The word is more delightful than sleep. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than ten th- or than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. The law is more precious, right? The word of God is more delightful than money and wealth. Psalm 119.51 The arrogant mock me unmercifully, but I do not turn from your law. The word of God is more profitable and more delightful than the, the needing the acceptance of others. It should be a delight, a treasure for us. We should run to it willingly. We should let it not only direct our lives, but delight our lives. Don't walk with the wicked. Don't walk with the wicked, but be directed and be delighted by the word. Number two, don't walk with the wicked, but be rooted in the word. Be rooted in the word. Look at verses, verse 3 here. This is coming off the one, talking about the one who delights in the word. And verse 3 says, that person, the one who delights in the word of God, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. John 15, it sounds a lot like this too. Jesus talking about this, this being rooted. He says, remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. No branch can bear, but it must remain in me or in the vine. Uh, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. So there's fruit and burning, right? There's, there's productive branches and there's unproductive branches. There are, are, are ones that are filled with nourishment and filled with, with everything it needs to produce a fruit because it's abiding and remaining to Christ, and there are those that, that aren't. Again, there's a contrast here of life and ruin or destruction, right? Righteousness and, and wicked. We have to abide in Him, and then we produce a fruit. And what is that fruit? Well, Galatians 5 says that fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. No law says don't do those things. Those who belong to Christ. Here it is. I belong to Christ. I abide in Christ. We have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We said, you know what, I'm over myself, God. I'm done with me. I want to be abiding in you. I want nourishment from you. I want to grow from you. I don't want to be useless. I don't want to be trampled. I don't want to be thrown into the fire because I'm not good for anything. 
I want to crucify my flesh and its passions and desires. And then he goes on and says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's about staying close to Jesus. It's about letting His Spirit guide us and live through us. And we do that through the Word of God. I, I want us to bring attention to something real quick. If you, if you look at an overview of verses 1 through 3, because I, I had a great meeting this week with a, a guy I'm mentoring, and, and it was interesting to talk through this. Because here's what this can look like. like. If we go back to verses 1 through 3, it says, How happy is the one who doesn't walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He's like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. We can look at this and say, man, I need to get in God's word. I need to make, make a, a priority of this. I need to set time aside. I, need to, I, need to just, I just need to do it. You're right, we do. But it's more than just a legalism. It's more than just, man, I, need to, I just need to do it. There are times that we need to grind it out, right? Where we just aren't feeling it, but we need to grind it out. But I want you to, to understand something. Jesus came to us and said that, that he is the one we should treasure. He is the one we should delight in. And he, he offered himself to us as what? As the way, right? The what? The truth and the life. That's what he offered himself as, right? So we embrace Christ as the way, the truth, and the life. Let's go back to our text. Let's, let's look at this text in view of Christ being the way, of him being the truth and him being the life. And when we have him, we have that. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the what? Pathway or way of what? The sinners or sit in the company of mockers. What are we talking about? Let's, let's go to the right what? Right way. Let's do things the right way. Well, who, who's the way? Jesus is the way. Okay, go on. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. And he meditates on it day and night. What is that verse talking about? Focus? Focus on what? The Word of God, which is the truth. So we, we follow the way. We embrace the truth. What's next? Life. Well, is that next in our verse? He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. Does that sound like life to you? Absolutely. Listen, Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. And, and going to the Word of God is, is, is mandatory. It's paramount to us. But what's even more paramount is having Christ, enjoying Christ, delighting in Christ, knowing that He is the way, that He is the truth, He is the life, and that when I enjoy Jesus, I'll enjoy His Word. At the same token, to disregard His Word is to say I don't really enjoy the way, the truth, and the life. This should not be a legalism. This should be a delight that we come to. It should be that I want to be rooted in him. I want him to produce a fruit in me. I want to see what I do prosper because of Christ. We need to be rooted there. And there's kind of two things we're seeing here. One is this guide, right? He's going to guide us by his word, and he's going to give us life. He's going to guide us, and that guiding, I said earlier, is going to help us to prosper. We're going to see our lives change and transform and have more contentment and and have less, I would say, less hardships and heartache because of our choices, right? The consequences of our choices should be less because we're making choices that are in line with the way. 
and how He's guiding us. And certainly that we let His Spirit live through us as well. Interesting here, it's about producing a fruit, right? I, I was reading a commentary this week, and I don't, I don't know that I've ever really understood, I think I've understood it, I don't think I've ever really said it before, or, or like really taken it in. But think about a fruit. I, if you have an apple tree, right, and the apple, apples bloom and they, they grow and, and the apples are hanging there, what are those apples for? I'm looking for one answer, really. Pie, right? Pie, apple pie. No, but what are those apples for? They're, someone said it, there's for what? Eating, right? Eating. Who? For who to eat? Who? Anybody, right? Does the tree eat it? No. Everyone else, it grows it, right? It's, it abides, in, in the, it's rooted and it's planted and it gets nourishment from the soil and from the earth and then it produces the fruit and, and we get to pick it and eat it. What about us? As we're planted and rooted in Christ and we're, we're, we're taking nourishment from the stream of life, and, and, and not only is that giving us life, that's the benefit for us, right? As we abide, we're giving life. And then as, as that life is running through us, it produces a fruit. And what is that fruit for? Others. Others. And, and we can't bear that fruit and give it to others if we're walking with the wicked. There's no good fruit there. It's just the same fruit that they have that leads to death. We, we abide in the Word of God and delight in the Word of God and the Spirit of God produces a fruit inside of us that hangs out there that as we go out into the world, He would sanctify us by His truth, His Word is truth. We would produce a fruit and then people could go and pick that fruit and say, wow, what is this? Where does this come from? Well, it comes from the way, the truth, and the life. Let me talk about Him. Let me share Him with you. It's about fruit and being fruitful. What, so what is at stake here is the fruit that you and I produce. And it goes back to, am I delighting in Christ, the way, the truth, and the life? And am I going to and meditating and delighting on His Word? Because that's what's going to help produce that. It's going to help me keep in step with that and be strong. Be able to stand wherever I stand and speak wherever I need to speak. Not worried about what people think. Because I'm abiding in the river. I'm abiding in the streams of life. And I'll always be bearing fruit, and be fruitful. Now listen, some people don't want that fruit. As good as it is, as, as life, life-giving as it is, they'll avoid it. They'll, they'll pick it, they'll throw it on the ground, they'll stomp on it, and it might make us feel bad. Listen, you, you're abiding in the way, the truth, and the life. It's okay. We want them to know Him. We pray for them. But we don't withhold fruit. We don't say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back off now. We give fruit. We become fruitful. The righteous will flourish. This is Psalm 92. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Again, contrasting the righteous from the wicked. And that the righteous... We're going to bear fruit into old age. Listen, this is for you old people who think that I've, I'm done serving, I've, I'm past my usefulness. It, it, you may be doing something different, but it doesn't mean that you're not useful. It doesn't mean that you can't be that tree that stays green and fresh. It says fresh and green right here in the Scriptures. 
and that your fruit will still hang out there for others to see and to grab, and they will, they will see your good deeds, and they'll glorify God, your Father in heaven. We, I, I remember having this conversation with my grandma as she got older. I mean, she got ancient, right? And, and, and she, she said it all the time, Brandon, Brandon I, don't know, I don't know, what why does God still have me here? What use am I? And it was kind of a shame because she was looking at me in the eyeballs. I had to remind her, Grandma, you are, you are such a blessing to me. The, just your faithfulness and your love for God and your, your attitude and your delight in Him and delight in the Word changes me. Then you're, you're on the phone five or six times a day with people and friends and family and you're talking about the Lord and how good He is and you're changing them. Listen, we're called to delight ourselves in the Lord. And we're called to delight ourselves in the Word. And when we do that, He will produce a fruit. And it may not be the fruit you thought it was going to be. It's going to be His fruit, though. For your benefit and for His glory and for others' benefit. So here's a question I want to ask you. Where are you rooted? Rooted. Not just planted. Because today you're here and you've planted yourself in a pew and you're, you're listening to the Word of God and we're praying together and we're praising together and it's good, right? But, but the question is not where are you planted? Because you can be planted somewhere and rocks come in and kind of or, or squelch out the roots. They don't go down deep. Or weeds are, are built around wherever you're planted and, and we didn't weed the garden so they take over and, and they're the ones that take the nourishment and you wither up and die. But what is it to be rooted it's to let your roots go down deep and to, and to tap into the nourishment of Christ and the Holy Spirit and to, to let, him, let Him fill you up and produce a fruit in you as you abide in Him and in His Word. Where are you rooted or how are you rooted? I pray that you are. And, and do you know how you can answer that question? You can ask this. What fruit am I producing? What does my life look like? Does it look like the world? And everything I watch on TV or see on social media or hear in the news? Or does it look like the Savior? Does it look like the way, the truth, and the life? Don't walk with the wicked, but be rooted in the Word. And finally, number three, don't walk with the wicked, but be known by the Lord. Be known by the Lord. Psalm 1, verses 4 through 6. Not so with the wicked. So there's contrasting this amazing fruit being produced uh, and this tree rooted in the streams. It's not so with the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Now I want to pause right there and we'll, we'll go through this in a minute. It's interesting thing about chaff. This is more of an evangelistic thing as well. Well, grain is gathered and grain is brought to the winnowing floor and they, they winnow grain and they separate the grain out from all of, all of its, uh, its parts and, and pull it out to, to make flour later on, right? And as they do that, the chaff, the little stuff that's worthless, the dust kind of falls and settles and it, it eventually, eventually it's blown away and whatever isn't blown away, they just shovel up and throw it in the fire and get rid of it. It's, not, it's worth nothing. But for a little while, the chaff is in proximity to the grain. And for you and I, that's a, that's a tool of evangelism. We need to understand that the wicked are still in our proximity, and it's only going to be for a little while. We don't know how long we're going to have or how long they're going to have because they will be blown away and they will be burned up eventually unless they come to faith in Christ. So you and I have that opportunity as the grain 
on the winnowing floor, being, being separated and being sanctified and being conformed to the image of the Son of God. We have the chaff around us for a little while. We ought to be bearing fruit so that they can come to know Christ as well and be made for use, useful instrument of noble or useful purposes. Because there will be a day when the chaff is blown away. It says, verse 5, Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment. This contrasts what we talked about earlier, standing. The wicked will not stand. What, whatever they abided in, how, whatever they thought, the darkness that they lived in, it will not count for anything. No matter how good of a person they were, they will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the, in the assembly of the righteous. They, they won't go together. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. There's our final word, ruin, destruction. But I love verse 6 here. It says, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. And it says four. This is an encouragement to you and I. Saying, listen, there is chaff. There is, there, there's a wicked that are out there. But the Lord is watching out for the righteous. What does it mean? That, that word actually, if you were to go to study that in the Greek, the word actually means it, the, the Lord knows the righteous. He knows the righteous. And that's why my point is this, that I don't want you to walk with the wicked. I want you to be known by the Lord. Be known by Him. See, when we come to faith in Christ, He knows us. And we are known by Him. And we know, and we know Him, right? We know the Lord. We know the one who gives life. Timothy, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, says this, Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm. So what is God's solid foundation? It's sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His. And? Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. You see, there is this repentance that happens in our life. I don't want wickedness. I don't want to live the way of the wicked. I don't want to walk, to stand, to sit there. I want to live by the way, the truth, and the life. I want to let Him direct and Him guide me. And as I do, as I put my faith and trust in Him, the Lord knows those who are His. The Lord knows. And so, so as He knows us, how do, we, how do we pursue this purity of life? How do we pursue this righteous living, this, this, this life that says, I, I not only know the Lord, I'm known by Him. I want to show that to the world around me. How do we do that? Psalm 119 gives us some answers as well. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Where is it found? It's found in the word of God. How do we, how do we know the Lord more, more deeply and, 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 and know that we're known by him? Through the word of God. And we pursue purity there. And then as we do that, we get to know the Lord, don't we? As we, as we get to know his word, we get to know the Lord. Like I said earlier, it goes hand in hand. And that's why the Lord can say this in, in, in John 10. Jesus said this, he says, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. So he's, he's saying again, I'm the way, right? The truth and the life. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. Thieves and robbers versus the way, that's safety, right? There's again, contrasting here. Uh, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, rescued. They will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Again, life and death, destruction versus life in Christ. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. 
Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now get this, it's the final part here. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. How do we know the shepherd's voice from all the other voices of the world? How do we know? Through the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. that He draws us in and we have this moment of repentant faith and this, this life that says, I, I need Him and, and I want to know more about Him. I've told you this before. As my parents, as I grew up, I, as any parents should do, they discipline their children and they teach their children and, and guide their children. There, there were so many instances in my life, even today still as, as, a, as a young man, right, but as a son, there are all kinds of instances all week long where something comes up and I, I ask myself, what would my dad say? What would my mom say? And I, I just know because I knew them and they knew me. Now, more importantly today, the Word of God guides me. And in those instances, I, I ask myself, what, what does God want me to do? In view of what I know of Scripture and have delighted in God's Scripture and have meditated on God's Word, what does God want me to do? I, and, and you know what? When we meditate on God's Word and delight ourselves in God's Word, we will hear and know His voice and we will respond. I want to read one more passage of Scripture out of Deuteronomy 30. And, and, I, and I want us to see these, this contrast again because there is, there's a choice to be made in your heart whether you're going to humble yourself and find life or whether you're not. 30.15, starting there, says this. See, see, I've set before you life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then, then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But, if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship then, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to Him. For the Lord is your life, and He will give you many years in the land He swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What it, listen, here's what it comes down to. is choosing life. Choosing to respond to the call of God in your heart, that He is your life and that He is your blessing. Choose life. Choose to abide in the Word of God. Choose to delight yourself in the Word of God, to be rooted in the Word of God, and to produce a fruit that comes from Him in your life. Amen? Let's stand together as we close our service in worship and prayer. Father, I thank You so much for Your, your great love. and I, God, I thank You for Your Word. Your Word is living and active. It is powerful. And God, uh, we, we far too often set it aside. God, we, we put other things in priority of it. We, frankly, listen to the world way too much. God, help us to discern that. 
God, help us not just to go to your word, though, as, as a means of legalism or, or rules, but God, as a delight. And because we delight in the way, the truth, and the life, we delight in Jesus, that we might delight in your word and find hope there and find life there. We thank you. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.